It's the Exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy Seafood back on a Monday. It's Taylor, RDT, and Spenny coming to you right now. And guys, I, I have to start this. What the heck is the dong bong? You guys both have dong bong on your on your things here? I don't know what this is. Dong bong. Dong bong. Dong bong. Dong bong. I don't know. Uh, what is that? For those who missed it, obviously you, Taylor. So Yeah, I was of, watching the WNBA draft. Out of absolutely <laughs> – out of left field, I guess we should say. Ryan Mountcastle, famous for – or maybe infamous for his battles with the Great Wall of Baltimore, sends a nuclear shot over the wall. After Adley had like a 372-foot flyout, goes back to the <laughs> dugout, and they just bust out this like mini beer bong funnel out of nowhere. Mountcastle just – literally beer bongs water and in classic like weird Ryan Mountcastle fashion. Then Adley comes back up to the plate, hits another Jack. Guess what he does? Goes under and hits another Jack. Then as my banana bread alarm goes off, of course, um, then <laughs> Austin Hayes, was it Austin Hayes? Yeah. Austin Hayes comes up, hits another Jack goes and does it again. So the Orioles are just funneling in the dugout. It's, it's the new home run chain. So now we've got the sprinkler with the water fountains going for doubles to replace the, uh, the, the, the call of duty, bringing them in the binoculars. And then now we've got dong bongs baby for, for the home run chain. So the Orioles are just out of control. They are truly, I mean, living up to be the Chadley Rushmans, the fighting Chadley Rushmans between Mountcastle and Hayes and Adley and Gunner and, you know, West coast Stowers coming in and out. Like they're, they're out of control, dude. It's, it's Sigma Chi Orioles right now. They're truly the, <laughs> ultimate chads of major league baseball. I, I'm it's, just glad that great. was the description I got of it because you guys. So, so to, to bring it behind the curtain, we're about to like record here and I delayed recording uh, with some other duties surrounding the WNBA draft here for Maryland. So I was trying to stay very locked into that. And I'm just watching these texts come through and I see a shirt that just says dong bong on it. And I'm like, I, I'm like, I cannot engage. I cannot engage. <laughs> I'm gonna get distracted. Maybe the most distracting gonna... thing you could possibly see—a shirt that yeah, says. Yeah, I just was like, on. let me, because ch- I was like, let me check in to make sure they're not like, hey Taylor, where the hell are you? Like, why have we not started? I'm like, oh, let me check because it was after. I said we could start around eight. It was after eight, and then you guys were in your own, you know, total stratosphere. So I was like, okay, they're they're entertaining themselves. I can wait for a little bit longer, but the, I didn't want to engage. And then I get like we're kids. The and then I get, the, the then I get on here. Out of control. I love it. <laughs> It's unbelievable. Then I get on here, and you guys have both have Dong Bong in your display names, and I'm like, okay, now we have to figure that. You, you, Spenny, you wanted to save the description for the pod, so that was, uh, that's awesome. I can't wait to go back and watch these clips. Now I have, I'm gonna have fun watching these clips. It's gonna be great. The, the fighting Chadley. Yes, the Chad Rutschman, whatever you want to call him. I'm already getting people telling me that it's insensitive, you know, to show people drinking water. Um, in the dugout out of a bong, which is like, if, if this is where we're going to take it now, then everybody needs, we just have to shut it down. Um, but yeah, again, I, I'll always remember where I was when I saw the dong bong. I will never forget where I was. Um, I will be trying to now bring a dong bong into the game. Uh, tomorrow <laughs> I got, and I got a text from someone on broadcast crew. I can't say who, who said, I want to say dong bong so bad. People, it's taking the world by storm. It's it's incredible. I love it so much. The comments on Barstool tweeted out my blog about Bob with the boys tweeted out dong, and some of the responses to it are there. There's something, but again, it's our dong bong. There's not another dong bong like it. I didn't know what it was two hours ago. Now I can't imagine my life without it. So thank you, Austin Hayes. Thank you, Mount Castle. Thank you, Adley. I've 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 already sent out some feelers. Um, to find out a where it came from, who created. I'm getting to the bottom of it. Um, I talked to a wife of a player. I'm not Michael Nate Will by name dropping. I'm not. Um, and she just said like the fact that these guys came up with it like it doesn't surprise me because again we've we've all been out with them and it seems to be right up their alley. So Dong Bong now, Dong Bong forever. It's going to be great to Dong Bong World Series. These guys definitely are, I mean, a, they're, they're definitely a very superstitious team that loves to get into their weird little games and their weird little gambling and stuff like that. True, true, just be- baseball bro fashion. That's the only way to put it. I'm very excited to see where it goes. This, this, I, I'm going to watch these as we talk, as you guys talk about the different topics, I'm going to try to get some watching in here and I'll 
I'll give my live reaction to it. Um, but yeah, let's go, and, uh, go ahead, RDC. I was just going to say, now imagine that you're sitting there eating dinner and see Mount Castle out of nowhere. And just, again, my reaction, I literally jumped up like, wait, what? Like, this is a beer bong in the, we, we got a beer bong going on in the, <laughs> and then even like Rock tweeted, like, I remember like three years ago when we had to wash our hands every three seconds. Now the guys are chugging out of a hose at, you know, back to back in the dugout. Like, who would have thought? Oh, it's fantastic. We, we've had quite the night, and I think Melanie Newman just had the perfect cherry on top to get us a little preview for tomorrow by tweeting, at Melanie, New- Melanie Lynn N, FYI, gas cans are not, in all caps, allowed at Camden Yards tomorrow, in parentheses, or ever. So it has just been the greatest Monday night, like, A's in town experience that we could have dreamed for. Like, what a, what a boring game this could have been. What a, you know, let's say it was a 3-2, a couple singles, you know, a couple walks, whatever, wild pitch scores or something. And instead it has just been pretty, pretty freaking awesome on Orioles Twitter tonight. Pretty awesome to watch those guys. And then Grayson throwing at Camden tomorrow is going to be sick as well. So just, uh, I mean, can we just bask in like 6.30 games and the pitch clock and this game already like being over at, as we're sitting here at 9.22 on a Monday night? Getting Dong Bong and Melanie Newman having to tweet about gas cans and please don't bring those to the to the yard. So we're we're living the life here tonight. This video is unbelievable. You know it's funny too. So I mean, Mount Castle say, also absolutely get... goes for it. He goes for it too, which is awesome. Adley was like choking on it a little bit. Yeah, Adley, Adley, he he knows what he's doing. Um, I will say I have to give credit to Ben. I'm gonna butcher his last name, Garanzik. He's he's a big he's helped us before with some stuff. He's he's been he's a good tweeter, a good follower, and he's the very first one that I saw say Dong Bong. So I give him all the credit. Um, I I saw you know I did my source you know to I, I cited him, and then I just get a DM the master slash Odell slash Dong Bong slash Taylor talking about the WNBA draft podcast podcast is gonna hit like crack. So boy does he know us. <laughs> We've already gotten so many of those topics in. Um, let's move. Let's move to another another thing. No, our entity known by its extracurricular, extracurricular activities. Uh, to Odell Beckham Jr. Fellas, uh, eight uh, deal up to eighteen million dollars one year with the Baltimore Ravens. I I gotta be honest. I was stunned. I did not think this is where he was going to choose to go. Um, it set off a variety of Lamar Jackson related content involving FaceTimes and clubs and and. Overall positivity that this now confirms that Lamar is back. Um, Spenny, I'll start with you. Let's touch on first your initial reaction, your thoughts on the deal, and then do you think this is a Lamar return barometer at all? My initial reaction, I was pumping gas at a gas station and just like pissing around on my phone and had to, I got the ESPN notification on my phone. So I knew I wasn't being duped or anything. And I was, I was pretty surprised. I don't know. It was just random. It was a Sunday evening. I thought it was a, a quite a random time for it to happen. And then in the sense of the Ravens halting OBJ from going and meeting with the Jets, who it's come out and sounds like the Jets were never really that into him and were not willing to go up to the Ravens figure for him. Uh, it sounded like Aaron Rodgers a couple weeks or a month ago or so or whatever gave his little list of things he would like the Jets to accomplish. And Odell Beckham was on that. Uh, which was weird because they do still have a guy like, you know, Corey Davis, who they probably cut and not that, you know, Corey Davis and Odell are the same player or whatever, but they, I mean, Corey Davis is a good veteran receiver. So I thought that was a little strange. Um, when I saw the initial figure one year up to $18 million. I was like, Oh shit. It's, you know, six, 7 million, maybe 8 million, maybe 10 million with a ton of incentives. And I figured those incentives can get tagged as not likely to be earned because he didn't play last year. He also hasn't hit, like a thousand yard mark or anything in a couple of years. So uh, I figured it would be a lot more incentive laden and the Ravens clearly stepped up and were like, we want to make him feel happy and good coming here. We want him to feel like I am getting, you know, given the Royal red carpet treatment, they are going to pay me what I want. It's a $15 million deal up to 18 million. So that's a, a pretty big one year deal. I can't really remember to be honest, there's franchise tags and things of that nature, but I can't really remember a free agent player getting that high of a one-year deal up to $18 million. So I thought that was pretty unique. And then pertaining to Lamar, I mean, Lamar, it's it's come out that they were in contact and something that they wanted. And 
Uh, Bashadi apparently was in really strong contact with Beckham and, and really drove this thing home. And that was something Bashadi wanted. So that makes me think it does have to do a lot with Lamar because for an owner to be stepping in about a free agent wide receiver that way, uh, it feels like the only thing Bashadi's really involved in is Lamar. I would say the, the one who's going to cost him, you know, somewhere around a quarter billion dollars and, and money that he's going to have to put in escrow and all that good stuff. So um, Lamar posting things feels like, yeah, it feels like they're headed in the right direction. The trade request thing to me, all that stuff felt like he had to try to drum up interest somehow. And the longer this thing goes on, the more it feels like we know that DaCosta went down to the South Florida area, Broward County, Miami, wherever, wherever the hell Lamar is exactly these days. I'm not sure, but somewhere down there. And uh, met with him right before they put that tag on him. And for them to do that after how delicately they've treated this situation over the last two years, it's hard to think that was a shocking move to Lamar. And that wasn't maybe a little bit of a mutual decision where they said, okay, let's let you go have a little baby free agency. You know, it's not like someone can just sign you out, right? They do have to sit, pay picks still, but let's see if someone's willing to go beyond what we're willing to go. I think that, because of him not having an agent, they've treaded very lightly with those types of conversations and not wanting to say, we don't think you're worth what you think you're worth. So instead they said, okay, hey, yeah, do, would this appease you? Do you want to go talk to other teams? Please give us the opportunity to match. If we can match it, we will. If we can't, you know, God bless you. We love you. So I think that's what this has kind of been. Uh, they've kept it under wraps very tightly. People have gotten, I think we've reached a point where like, no one really gave a shit anymore. It wasn't, you know, the hot button topic the past couple, let's say week week or two, last week or two of, of everybody talking about Lamar. It kind of got radio silent. And then this signing, it feels like they they turned a corner a little bit. Lamar seems happy with it. I think the Ravens are happy with it. And I don't know, Odell himself is, a, is someone that when healthy can play any role in an offense. He can be a slot for you. He can play like a big slot over the middle of the field for you. He can work after the catch and underneath. He can go play a flanker off the ball and be a vertical threat still. He can be an isolated X on ball winner. So it's a, a good player that I don't know if he has any knee cartilage left. I think that the Ravens have to be pretty freaking comfortable with his medicals to, to go dish out that money and use void years to do so, which has been reported. We're not positive yet, but it sounds like it's gonna be like a $4 million cap hit. And uh, you know, they're, they're going to try and hopefully resign him next year to keep that from becoming dead money or something. But Odelli meets man. He's a he's a big deal. RDT, when you saw it, what were your initial reactions? Um, I mean, I was like, you know, I, I it's a good signing, and my my reaction, the first one was, all right, let's see the money. When the money came out, it was kind of like, you know, I mean, I had the same kind of thought everyone else did, like, oh, okay, that's a lot. And obviously, they're gonna like like you were saying, Smitty, they're gonna throw avoidable years and shit like that and, and mess around with the salary cap because everybody knows it's not real. Um, and I, I mean, to me, again, I think I've said for the last couple of weeks, I think Lamar is coming back because a, I just didn't know if anybody else was going to kind of want to deal with him or just, just go out and, you know, deal with him. But now it's like, yes, this is, I, I, again, it would shock me now if he's not back. I think everyone is now waiting that, whether it's an extension or if he's just going to play on the tag, I think that's still to be seen. But um, again, I mean, I, I think this this is something that probably Ravens fans wanted what three or four years ago. Like I don't, I, I I'm not saying Odell is not he's not going to be Des Bryant when he came here. Like you know, he's not he's not going to be that. But it, like, if you're still thinking of prime Des Bryant, I don't think that you're. Yeah, I, I think your expectations are should be lower because again, he's not prime Des. He's not prime. Odell. He's not the Giants Odell. Um, I think he's a good player. Again, he, I think he's a very good player. Monk didn't got the best out of him in, uh, in Cleveland. You know, he, he had a really good year in him with him in Cleveland. So I, I think it's a good, I think it's a good move, obviously, because they need guys, they need receivers. Um, and now I think people are talking about the wide receiver room. It's not great, but I think he got, it got a lot better um, with a healthy Bateman. And then you have these guys plus Mark Andrews and likely in the run game. And again, the big final piece is that 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 big puzzle piece in Lamar. So it's a good move. They, did they overpay? Yes. Did they, did they have to? Probably. Um, you know, again, the Jets didn't feel the need to match it. So I that that was the report I saw that he gave the Jets like a head up and said, "Hey, here's what they're offering. If you guys want to match it, feel free." And they kind of said, "No, nah, we're good." And Joe Douglas was doing whatever he was doing. You know, the dong bong chant at that pep rally or whatever he was at this weekend. That was very weird. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it, it's a good signing. And again, I, I, I think, I think it has a good, it sets up well again for Lamar to, to come back. So I think they were well last night too, Paul, and that was crazy that, that they were just there with the bottle service and everything. So good for them. Yeah, I mean, they, they clearly had been in contact, as you guys said. Yeah, I, I would agree with both of you not to, to go around the horn with full agreement, but felt like a move the Ravens, you know, maybe had to make to both appease Lamar and also, you know, strengthen the room. I think you make a really good point, spending in terms of, like, his versatility offensively. He can do – he can be placed in a lot of different parts of your offense at receiver, and the Ravens need guys like that. Like, they need weapons, and he gives them a, simply gives them a weapon – um, it will be interesting to see, you know, when you look at him over the last few years, it's crazy. When do you think, when do you guys think the last time he made a pro bowl was 2017 is my guess. 20, 2017. Uh, I'll say 2016. 2016 is right. Made the pro bowl his first three years and then hasn't had bad years since, you know, got her in 2017, had two, a thousand yard seasons in 18 and 19, you know, kind of fell apart in 2020 with Cleveland, but that team was bad. And then, you know, was between teams and and what was good in the playoffs. Um, for the Rams, I think if they can get somewhere in that, like, I don't know, 700 to 900 receiving yards out of them, and you hope that Bateman has a little bit of a breakthrough, that's the makings of a pretty decent one-two punch at receiver. We'll see what they do in the draft if they – now, you know, lean towards addressing defense in, with the first round pick, you know, go get a corner or whatever. We can talk about more, that more as the draft um, as the draft comes through. But I don't think there will be this obsession maybe with receiver for Ravens fans coming into the draft now that the signing has been made. Although Ravens fans are always obsessed with receivers. So maybe they'll want to take receiver with the first like five picks of the draft. Until, I don't, I don't until someone has like a 1,300 yard season and 10 touchdowns at the wide receiver position, not Mark Andrews. They, they won't be happy. So um, that is all well said. And to me, it's just like when you go back and watch what he's doing on the Rams, it's kind of just having a verified professional after you know, at the catch point, knowing that he is going to make a play on the ball better than the DB will. He can go make contested catches. He's going to make smart plays. You feel like in a two-minute drill at the end of a game in a freaking Super Bowl, he made that exact kind of play being able to go up and grab the ball away, out leverage, out position, out fight, be in the right place. It's a confidence and a level of, I guess, maturity in your offense. I can't think of the right word for it. Uh, it's just confidence that you have someone you can trust in those situations instead of, oh, well, is Miles Boykin going to step up this time? Is, is you know, James Prochet going to take the step? All of those things. And to me, like, I'm probably higher on Rashad Bateman than anyone else in the world is. I honestly think Bateman and what he showed uh, this season before that foot injury kind of reminds you of a young Odell, like being able to take a slant to the house, doing those kinds of mm -hmm. things. So I think that they're a dynamic duo between those two. You add Aguilar into the mix, another professional veteran. He's made plays. He caught, I think, eight passes in a Super Bowl. He is a pro. Then you have Duvernay. You're like, we feel great about him as a fourth guy that we can stick in the slot or as a flanker. And then you've got your tight end. So I feel like they have a professional, well-rounded room. And I don't, I don't, I honestly don't, I don't think there's room for another receiver. Like maybe you sign Demarcus Robinson back instead of having Tylen Wallace or James Prochet. But I, I think they're kind of a little bit ready to rock there. I don't think they wanted to go draft another guy and deal with that whole uncertainty again. I think that's why they were like, shit, we'll put another 5 million on the table for Odell so that we don't have to go through this whole young, inexperienced, is he going to make the play, is he not thing. Um, and then knowing you have Bateman, and it's a move that does take pressure off of Bateman. Bateman trains with Odell. He wants to be a fashionista like Odell. He models the game after Odell. He has talked about it. I think Jake and I talked about Odell to him in an interview we did because of Panini on the Baltimore Beatdown podcast a while ago. So I think all those moves make everything. They just calm everything down. It calms Lamar down, calms the offense down, calms the fans down calms the Ravens themselves down about the stupid position that they can't stop being asked about and talking about and feeling like they're inadequate in and getting hurt at and all those things. So will he stay healthy? We'll see. If he does, I think he'll be exactly what they've needed. It's that Steve Smith and Quan Bolden veteran who's freaking done it presence. I think that's perfectly said. Some professionalism at the position between him and Aguilar is such the opposite – 
way they've approached it. And I know people get obsessed with receivers that are young. Doesn't matter if they, at least Ravens fans, doesn't matter if they're taking round one or round seven. It's like, this guy goes in a training camp and look at this one head catch from James Brochet. Like he's going to be the guy. And they've tried to do that for three or four years now where it's like, we'll just run some guys out. You hope that one of them hits and you can win that way. Like it has not worked. So Go out and get guys that have been proven, you know, Odell at a really high level. Obviously, his he was a supernova his first three or four years in the league. It's not that point anymore, but, you know, does the job for all the reasons you said. And then your guys like Aguilar can kind of fill a spot that, like, I'd rather have him on the field than James Prochet. No disrespect to James Prochet, but that guy's actually done it at a high level in the NFL, and James Prochet's caught some punts. Like, I, I that's just kind of the way it is. And it's the same with if Boykin was still here, it'd be the same thing. Tyler, you just can't keep waiting for those guys to figure it out. Either they're going to figure it out or not, and it might not be here anymore. So now you're bringing guys that have clearly done it. Um, and as you said, when you combine that with the tight ends, you're like, okay, you're starting to piece together room. I mean, you think about the last Ravens Super Bowl team, team didn't have like a 1,400-yard receiver. You know, it had guys that got the job done. Like Torrey Smith got the job done and did did the things he did. Anquan Bolden, obviously a great player. Professional, did the thing. Like, as you said, you could throw a contested ball to him and he could get a catch. That's what Odell Beckham could do. So hopefully that also gives Lamar some like peace of mind of like, okay, now I walk in here and my targets are X, X, and X as opposed to like Mark Andrews and I don't know, which I think is uh, the familiarity with Munkin too. I mean, Munkin's been around Odell in Cleveland before. So it's, it's someone who knows the expectations, knows how to communicate, will help those younger guys, help even a Mark Andrews, help even a likely or a Prochet or whoever understand the offense a little bit more, do things the way that Munkin clearly is going to want them to. And, uh, you know, in private conversations, help set and temper expectations of what you're going to, what the relationship with that offensive coordinator is like. So gives a little bit of comfortability in that sense too. The other thing OBJ brings, which will be fascinating, um, he brings a national spotlight to everything that happens with him. So whether good or bad, the Ravens have now put, you know, which is which is fine. I mean, if you're a great team, you have great players or well-known players. And but you know, every Odell weird quote or every Odell action in Baltimore, every Odell thing in the offseason, you know, leads first take if it's weird. So the Ravens are now back in that spot. They had Lamar in that spot. Now they have OBJ to go on with it. It's a lot of star power. Um, he will obviously command a lot of attention when he gets here, and you hope that he can produce in that manner. But I think it's it's interesting. He is like I was I'm tr- I was trying to think of a comparison in terms of a free agent signing that the Ravens have had with that kind of star power. It's not really there in terms of what Odell is, and you know, on social media and, and all those different things. He is kind of the modern NFL star, and the Ravens, besides you know Lamar to a certain extent, haven't brought don't normally bring guys like that in, and maybe for no Especially reason on the offensive they, side of the ball. Correct. Yep. Correct. Um, I guess you know if Steve Smith is born. Six years later, he's probably a similar type of guy in the league. Uh, his just late years kind of came with with all this stuff, but he started uh, before social media was was what it is. And what yeah, and if he, I said, and if he became a star as like Instagram was put out into the world. Yeah, mm-hmm. as like your one handed catch goes viral, like that's the you know that happens in what he's 20, like OG 12, viral. Yeah, Odell is OG yeah. viral. I mean, it is crazy though. He's gonna be thirty one this year. It feels weird to say that, and he. It's, I think that's just what is kind of ironic because a lot of the, I don't know, the Twitter sphere is always saying that the Ravens are always getting the old man and always going after people that are th- like when they signed Aguilar, they're like, great, another 30 year old receiver. And I think a lot of the same people are like, oh my God, they signed Odell, but it's like, yeah, they signed another 30 year old receiver. <laughs> so I think there's some irony there and uh, it's, it's, it's fun. It's fun at the same time. It will be, it will be fascinating. And, and you guys sort of touched on it. You know, the interactions with him and Lamar are fascinating. You would definitely think this indicates that at the very least, even if they don't sign Lamar long term, they'll have him play this year on the tag. Um it just that there seems to be too much too too much smoke. It was weird because when the Ravens did their draft press conference last week and they did the you know, denied the questions about the quarterback situation, um, after doing a great job speaking politically about it for freaking six months. I was like, that's a very weird turn for them to handle like that. Maybe this is totally disintegrated. And, you know, four days later, they sign OBJ and they're posting screenshots of him and Lamar FaceTiming on their own social media. So I, I don't know what is 
I don't know if that maybe that's just you know those guys were tired of talking about it and they didn't want to do it one more time. But it was fascinating that that happened, and then four days later, it's like, oh, Lamar's back. When that was I mean, maybe they had to do something there. to steal the attention back from the Orioles, man. I mean these these kids are too fun for them, and they're starting to to take I, over a little bit. Yeah. Listen, I heard that Odell heard the dong vong was coming. He heard that Grayson was making a start on Tuesday. <laughs> and he's like, listen, I need to be in and around the action. Get me to Baltimore. He told who's his agent? Is it Rosenhouse? It's not Rosenhouse. Right? Uh his agent is someone a little I'm a little unfamiliar with. Yeah. He said he said, do what you got to do. Gonna be do fir- he's gonna ball. be first row. He's gonna be first row behind him and play tomorrow night with the gas can. Sorry, Melanie. He may be. You may be sitting with us. I don't know. Dude, I, I'm telling yeah. the, the the Him and Jake are supposed to slap bags at some point. That's true, Jake. Um, but the fact that the Orioles had to legitimately release a statement asking fans not to bring in gas cans is like laugh out loud and funny. We've like, done it. What We've a, done it. What really? I mean, really, voice. really, you did it, RDT. That that really you you went to yeah. Bowie. You and you and Brian went to Bowie and brought the gas cans. You you did it. You've accomplished the goal. The Orioles had to put out a statement saying, don't bring gas cans to Camden Yards because of you in part. So you, you've made it. Your impact it is It was huge. me. It was myself and Ryan Blake who runs Orioles fan problems. Um, not a big deal. But also, it's not. we're not – I mean, we're still talking about Odell. But the fact that I just got Ryan Mountcastle to use Dear Maria coming in as a walk-up song on opening day, I mean. That was awesome. I did notice that. No, let's talk Orioles. Let's talk opening day a little bit. Great game. So much. Spenny, I don't know how much you remember of the entire thing, but great game. <laughs> I I remember I remember Gunner going ham. I remember Adley going ham. I remember I remember it, not a lot of Yankees fans on opening day, but then on the Saturday game, there were a ton, which kind of surprised I was, me. I was shocked being at Pickles. I got to Pickles at 9:30 a.m., like 9:15, say. And I was like, this place is gonna be crawling with Yankee fans by like 11. I, I was telling everybody I was shocked at the le- the little amount of Yankee fans I saw at Pickles. I figured with it getting postponed to Friday. Exactly. The postponement would have made been, so much sense for Yankees fans. Like, I'm going. Yep. Yeah. Just take off Friday. I'm going to – we're going to come down. We're going we're gonna to go down Thursday night or something. There was – I was legitimately floored being like, are they playing the Yankees today? I don't think they're playing the Yankees anymore. Like, I was shocked at the that there was nobody there. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. Spenny, you did the, uh, you did the Jimmy's tailgate, correct? I did Jimmy's. It was a nice time, short drink lines, good food. Everything was, was nice there. And uh, then went straight to the center field bar and there was a bunch of old buddies and old pals there and everybody chumming it up. And then uh, hello, darkness, my old friend slowly, slowly drifted in throughout the night, went back to, to don't know tavern after, but uh, it was an electric environment. I mean, the stadium was so loud when Gunner cracked that double, it was so, 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 so loud. So um, that game was fun. Have a bunch of Yankees fans that are in group chats and stuff. Say, oh yeah, the Orioles blew it. The Yankees come storming back, and the the sweet the sweet victory pulling that out from the jaws of defeat after having that four zero lead was was sweet. So can't really ask for much more against the Yankees on opening day. A great yeah, way for Spen um, to sign off here. A great way to, for him <laughs> to sign off as he as he heads to his other duties. Well, well said. Me and RDT, we'll bring it home with the Orioles talk here. But as he said. An amazing, an amazing environment um, for 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 the, the entire game, and really a, a back and forth fun game. Obviously, they they lose the next two RDT, but they win tonight against Oakland, and it feels like they are kind of, you know, at this point, you know, five hundred on the money. It feels like they're kind of who we thought they were, like very fun, frustrating at times. Um, Certainly probably have a few more wins, but you know, they feel pretty right at five and five and their schedule kind of opens up over the next 20 to 25 games. So hopefully they can, you know, inch over that 500 mark and and kind of get some space. But um, certainly you'd love to see a little bit more from Cedric Mullins um, and Santan there at this point, but um, Adley's given them a lot, maybe a little more from Gunner as well. What do you, what do you think about them after 10 games? Yeah, I mean, five and five is about right. Again, the Yankees are—they're going to be tough. Um, I mean, they should have won that opening series in Fenway, but you know, again, McKenna drops that ball. It's whatever. Um, but again, I, I mean, someone wrote an article this morning. I don't know if it was the Banner or um, the Sun, whoever. But it's exactly what I was thinking yesterday. Like, until the Orioles can get over that hump, which is 
beating the Yankees X amount of times and, you know, not losing these series to them. Um, that's going to be the holdup with them. And, and again, obviously we're still very young in the season. We're 10 games in, uh, but they played well again. I mean, when, when they're hitting the ball, they, they're, they're as good an offense as any team in baseball. Um, Adley is, is he's going to cool down. He is on fire right now. I mean, he is, Five for five on opening day. Four for four yesterday with a home run. Another home run tonight. He should have had two. I mean, he he's he's hit the crap out of the ball. He looked really, really good from the right side. He looks much more comfortable. And last year, and I'll give credit to Brian for this. Brian did like a ton of research. Like last being Adley is not this bad from the right side of the plate. This is the only year that he's been bad like that. And he broke out. You know, he was looking at splits from minor leagues and all that stuff. So, and Brian was like, it's going to come and, you know, don't worry, blah, blah, blah. So I give Banks a lot of credit for that. He's the Excel, you know, genius. So he was punching everything into there, doing pivot tables and whatnot. But um, Adley's been great. Again, Mullins is, you know, pick it up eventually. I think he got thrown out tonight on a BS call. If, if much like Nick Marcagas, if Cedric Mullins is, is saying something about your strike zone, there's something wrong with your strike zone. It's not Cedric Mullins. Something wrong with their strike zone. Maybe he called the umpa bitch ass. Maybe he did, but still, that's that. I don't. I don't put that on Cedric. Um, Gunner, I'm not worried. I think today on Monday he got the day off. Um, he looks like he's pressing a little bit again. I mean, there's a guy who's playing in what his 40 or 50th game, stuff like that. Um, so again, his bat hasn't been there, but the walks are still there. His on base percentage is good. Um, it's funny. Look, going into this game tonight on Monday, Adley's on percentage I think was 476. So. <laughs> That's only going to go up like decent chance that he leads baseball in, in on base percentage this year. Um, Kyle Gibson was awesome tonight. The bullpen is it's not great because of the injuries to Dylan Tate, who I don't I don't think us Oriole fans realize how good Tate was and how key he was to this bullpen, but he really holds it all together. Um, and then again, Michael Givens being out still hurts, but the bullpen is trying right now. They're doing their best. And, and again, these are the games they have to win versus Oakland. you got to win these games. If they don't take three out of four or sweep this series, I think it's a legitimate disappointment. Um, and I think people would have the right to be mad. But, again, Kyle Gibson was awesome tonight. I mean, the ballpark tomorrow with Grayson making his debut. Grayson told me tonight they had his family had to get a bus to transport all the people that he's to the game tomorrow from the hotel to Camden Yards. It's going to be That's awesome. awesome. I mean, I, I can't wait. I'm super excited. I know he's pumped. Um, and yeah, I mean, again, these are the games you got to win. These are, you know, you got to start stacking some wins. And you know, uh, again, the Yankees are the Yankees. They're they're going to win more than they a lot more than they lose. And they just couldn't get over that Judge Hump. You know, he hits two bombs against it. Your boy Booney was still, uh, you know, kind of I don't know had a rough had a rough series, but he was getting trashed on on Friday by Yankee fans, but. Yeah, I mean, he's. I, will, I mean, look, he's always no, he's always gonna get trashed. He's always gonna get trashed. If if they win, it's it's Judge, it's Judge, it's it's Stanton, it's 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 Cashman, it's Steinbrenner, it's the ghost of who the hell you know the forty thousand people they put in Monument Park. It's all these people. It's all what they did. And then when they you know when they stumble by one on a team's opening day, like it, you know the Orioles never lose on opening day at, at Camden Yards. It's Booney, 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 Fire Booney. And then they come back and win the next two, and it's like, oh, my God, Judge is like the greatest thing that's ever happened. Booney gets no credit. I mean, Bo- Booney, I, I, Booney, will, Booney can, will never get any credit. He will never get any credit. And that's fine. You know, he's the only manager in the history of baseball to lead a team in his to the playoffs in his first – Five, four, five, seven seasons as a manager. So no, it's fine, Yankee fans. I mean, keep complaining. Uh, they lost tonight, but what can you do? I'm sure they they won all those World Series and all the playoff appearances that that um, the Yankees with with Boone at the hell. But uh, I, I digress. Uh, Boone is Booney is not leading. I'm not getting into this. He's not leading vintage Yankee teams. All right, he's not leading vintage Yankee teams. Like t- tonight, I he had tonight. Tonight he had Domingo Herman throw three innings because he did. I mean, he has no starting pitching because all these guys get hurt. Not his fault. Well, Yanks have lost. Not his fault. Anyways, um, Max Steinbrenner Cashman spent some money. Again, I said if George was still alive, they would have Manny, they would have Harper, they'd have Otani by now. But they'd have all of them. Yeah. Uh, The only guy that wouldn't be able to get his trout because he wants to hide in LA. That's that's your point. That's your point. This is just, I got this, this podcast is a, is a flat circle. It's just over and over. It really. I is. did. No, I, I. I. Go ahead. Go on. No, I was just gonna say their their schedule, as you said. 
I, I think you're absolutely right about this series against the A's. This is at home against the A's. Something that the Rays – the Rays are 10-0 now. Something that the Rays just did is just absolutely demolish the A's in the in the games they had against them. That's exactly what the Orioles need to do. You have to, you have to win these games. Um, but, I mean, this opens up four against the A's, three against Chicago, White Sox, two against the Nats, who – I watched the lineup. They tried it out a couple days ago, and that that they are there. They they are going to be in contention for a top pick again. Um, they they are they're running on a lot of young players. Um, Detroit, Boston, Detroit, Kansas City, and then you get to Atlanta on May fifth. You, you you would hope to be what six seven games over five hundred in that stretch. You would hope that they can rip off. Like they should win every one of those series, every single one of them. And again, if you're taking two out of three, two out of three, two out of three, it's, I mean, you you can legitimately do that. 21 games, like. 15 and six? Yeah. I mean, you if you're going to really, I know that this is early, but if you're going to like be a team that competes in this division, you have got to beat these teams. Like, Mm -hmm. you know. You you look back at it last year. I think, I mean. Detroit is two and seven. The A's are who they are. We're playing them right now. Everyone sees how bad they are. Chicago's five and six, but they're nothing special. The Nats are three and seven. And then we we played this Red Sox team. Should have beaten them already in a series. And Kansas City is three and seven. I, I you know, fifteen and I, I almost think like a fourteen and seven is the minimum. And anything else is a huge disappointment. Not a huge disappointment. I mean, this seems crazy to say, but this is when you have to make your hay a little bit because you know. Then you go Atlanta, Tampa Bay for six, and you could go. You could lose five out of six there. So like, yeah, you've got to you've got to really put some put some. And, and losing five out of six to Tampa and Atlanta would be like no, I wouldn't. That wouldn't be bad. Like that, those mm-hmm. teams are really good. You go to Atlanta. That's a tough, going to be a tough place to to win. And Tampa looks is literally unbeatable right now. So, um, it's crazily kind of a key stretch. Where they could kind of show early, and anything could happen. It's a million, a million game season, so you can go on a run anytime. But it's a great chance to like really throw out a statement of intent. Okay, we've kind of figured out who we are over the first ten here. Now let's put our foot on the gas a little bit. Let's get Gunner right. Let's get Santander right. And, and this, I don't think there should be any worry about Gunner because you know mm-hmm. his slow stretch just happened to come after he destroyed major league baseball when he came up, which doesn't normally happen, but you saw the tough Adley stretch for what the first, you know, 10, 15, 20 games. And then he figured it out. And I think, you know, now Gunner's got to kind of go through that and come out of it. Um, You know, we've joked that Santander left all his greatness at the, at the WBC that'll come back at some (laughs) point. Um, And the final thing I would say, and then, then we, we can close it out here. You can finish it off with some thoughts. You got to love what you're seeing from Kyle Gibson. I mean, that's a professional starter in your rotation right now. He's giving you exactly what you need. Yeah, he. I mean, Gibson's been great. I'm trying to remember how long he went on opening day. I think it was seven innings, six innings. Um, I obviously gave up some runs that day, but then I think he went six and a third in Texas, and he went six and two thirds. Six tonight, and a third tonight. Again. Six and a third. Six tonight, and a third. Yeah. So, again, he's – like we said about – um, like we had said about Jordan Lyles, like – you need a veteran to eat innings. That's exactly what he's doing. I think he's a more crisp Jordan's, and and he's he's played the part. Um, he, he looks really good. Um, and and you talked about it earlier. You know the schedule, like like we said, these are bad teams. You have to win. If you go back and you look at the um, the Eagles last year versus the Tigers, they I think they dropped two out of three. I think they lost the season series to the Tigers. I think they dropped two out of three here and in Detroit. They lost, you know, a couple games to the Nats. They should have won. I think they lost a series to the A's um, in August or September. Um, and again, it's like those are the games you have to win. If they would have won the, you know, two or three of those games, they would have been in the playoffs. Um, so it sucks. But but like I said, th- this is a team where I think they should. I was texting someone tonight. They they should score seven runs a game against this this A's team. I mean, the Rays put it on them. The Rays don't have a – their offense is very good, but they don't, they're not big. Well, I guess they are big bummer now. They have more home runs than they've given up runs. But, um, yeah, they, again, they, flat out, you got to win these games. A, a four-game sweep would be massive. I mean, just absolutely massive. Um, so, yeah, again, I think you go out tomorrow. Hopefully the crowd is juiced up for Grayson. Hopefully he can 
he can go five or six innings and, and, and you know give an awesome start, which would be very cool to see. Um, but one, I, I want to start to opening day. Um, the 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 pictures I was receiving of you, um, just head in your phone, probably like looking up Boone Boone texts. You you were I got I got some pictures of, of you sent from a friend who said Taylor is just here talking about Aaron Boone nonstop and won't won't give it up. And, look, and, look and, let me let me let me let me let me make some comments underneath. It was it was something, but. Let me let me make some comments. I mean, first of all, my Orioles, my Orioles loyalty should never be questioned. I was I was cheering for the Orioles heartily throughout the game, um, but I did stand and clap for Booney when he was introduced. And oh, I yelled Booney. Um, I did, I did, I, I had, I you know, that's my guy. I had to show him support. You know, it's actually funny. I, when we went to the bar after. Um, they were because because Masson has no programming. They just put the game on again right after it ended. It was so funny what? right after the coverage ended. So they showed the whole. Uh, uh, they put it on, but they showed the whole opening day ceremony and then went to Nats extra. So they didn't even play the game. They just showed the opening day ceremony up until the game was about to start, and then it was like we're live from Colorado. It was so weird. Maybe they then switched to Masson two for the rest of the Orioles opening day game. Bizarre. Whatever. So. They put it on and they, you know, they do the whole orange carpet um, and the fire them up guy or whatever, you know, comes down as, you know, the fan representative, which by the way, I can't wait till that's you at some point. That's going to be sensational um, coming out of the orange carpet, standing next to Hyde. That would so be, the, that would be sick. the fired up guy comes down and stands next to Hyde. Hyde's kind of, you know, chuckling at him. It's funny. And then the, the fired up guy turns and starts talking to Booney and Booney is like mm-hmm. laughing as he's talking, it was a very funny, very funny looking scene. Um, but um, but yeah, I, you know, I clap for my guy, but I I was cheering. There was no, there was no Yankees, you know, gear that's, on. That's... I was with a Yankees fan. My good, my good pal, Mister Ben Kessler, was was with me. Um, the an entire Maryland PR team outing. Um, shout out to Dustin and Rose Orioles fans. Um, I did have, I did have. Uh, a Kess with me and he was cheering for the Yankees. I was mocking him throughout the game. Um, but no, no, no boony texts were sent. No, no, nothing like that. I, I cheered for my guy one time and then I cheered for the Orioles. I did cheer for him one time on a pitching change, I think as well. Um, but uh, no, I was, I was firmly in the Orioles camp cheering for, cheering for all of our guys, Adley, Gunner, um, you know, I'm sad. I can't be at the, at the Grayson start tomorrow. I think the only thing I was going to say about that, in these games, you know, the Orioles aren't going to have these, you know, great cr- – the, the, the crowds aren't going to be great against the, the bad teams yet. It, it'll come eventually, but I think it'll be great for them in the middle of that series where it's like, oh, we have these games against Oakland. Maybe you can't get up for them. Like that, grace and start and the energy in there, that helps you, like, create a little bit of an atmosphere in a game that wouldn't normally have much of an atmosphere. So that will be nice. Um, but I'm excited for them to hopefully, you know, get some momentum, sweep this series. Um, and I can't wait to be back at Camden Yards. That was a very fun environment. Um, and you can tell the players, really, I know there's some quotes after. It's like, hopefully we can create that atmosphere. I think Gunnar said, like, hopefully, you know, that's the atmosphere we have. We want to get to the playoffs and play in front of that again. And you hope that, it, you know, there's many more regular season games like that. You know, they maybe won't be like opening day, but that bring a similar type of energy. Uh, one thing they put in, RDT, were you in, where did you come in the stadium? Were you pickles the entire time? I pulled out of. 13, 13 and a half hour shift at pickles. I, so I was there at a, I was there at about nine thirty, and I got home at about twelve thirty. You can tell me if this is wrong, uh, because I did not, I did not frequent the lower level concessions much last year um, mm-hmm. at Oriole Park. They and I think it was new because they were trying to teach people how to do it. They now have like the con. They now have like when you go to an airport and there's like no checkout, you just yeah. like put your card in at the beginning, you go and you pick what you want. And then it just charges you as you walk out. They have that for like a couple of them for like beers and peanuts and sodas game changer. If you're trying to get a, a, a cold beverage game changer, the line moves really quick. Once everyone figures out how to do it, which the amount of people that could not figure it out was unbelievable. And the employees <laughs> were getting frustrated. But for me, for someone like me, who's done it in an airport before I just walked in and out and it was freaking awesome. Like just grabbed my, grabbed my beer grabbed my peanuts at the beginning of the game, was out of there in five seconds. We were like, this is incredible. If you're just trying to go and just like grab a beer as opposed to standing in a concession line or standing in a beer line, 
that is the future of I, I'm sure that's been in other stadiums. I'm sure you know people will be like Taylor, you okay. I don't know how you haven't seen this, but I haven't I never saw it at Raven Stadium when I was or excuse me, MT Bank Stadium when I was there. And we need to get those in Maryland because it was awesome. It was it was so quick. My, my buddy told me that MT has them. Because when I when I saw that oh I must have missed it yeah I only sit in suites at MT Bank Stadium so I, I don't know what that there we go the sweet man <laughs> sweet man smile um when yeah no because I I texted my buddy about that and he said oh yeah like you know the Ravens have that which is wild it's like the Amazon thing where yeah they like track you from the, they said they have like cameras and sensors in the ceiling and the shelves yep, yep. can tell and all that stuff so yeah that'll be cool I can't wait till some old jamoke from dundalk walks in with his cash trying to buy like a, a like a, a 36 ounce cores light and he can't figure out like where the where the where the lady at the cash register is um but no yeah that that, that sounds cool um i did not make it inside i didn't have a ticket again I, I my whole plan was to stay outside the whole game you know i i was getting chirped by some friends like wow rdt can't get a ticket that wasn't it rdt had a ticket if he wanted to rdt came with his friends and decided to hang out outside. And again, I had a blast at Pickles. Um, and shout out, I got a bunch of like people walking by, shout outs, like, oh, love the podcast, you know, keep it up. And, and I texted you guys, this was a first. Two females came up to me unprovoked and said, we love the podcast. It's two completely different girls. One said, my boyfriend and I listen to it every morning. And, you know, we, we take walks with our dogs and we listen to it. And then he was wearing a Yankees nuts shirt, so I had to give that credit. I didn't get his name. Oh, that's good stuff. Shout out to you. Yeah. It was just classic. Um, and then another girl, again, made her way over to me. It was like, hey, I love listening to you guys. You guys are so fun. Like, you cracked me up. And I was like, you don't have to, like, BS me. Like, I, you know, like, I'm sure this was a dare. She was like, no, like, I, we love the podcast. Like, I listen to it all the time. So, again, wow, it, it very was nice cool to, to hear that. And, again, it, that, that'll get old. Pickles was great hanging out with Rob. Got some drinks with our buddy Ryan Ripkin, um, Ken Wyman, met Mike Bordick for the first time, properly introduced myself. Uh, trying to think who else. Yeah, I mean, there, there were a ton of people. Again, there it was – of course, the one time I took off my sweatshirt to show my friends my Baltimore Bomber shirt underneath, and the podcast, Kyle Jot walks by and, like, taps my, my stomach and is like, keep your shirt down. Like, nobody needs to see this. So, Kai, the, the, K, the K-Man made his appearance. It was um, – it was a good time. It we was love a lot of we fun. We love when the K-Man shows. I also had someone um, – I was walking through the bathroom line, and someone you know, stopped me and said X-52, so I appreciated that. I was firmly trying to find the bathroom line because I needed to get some things done there, so I apologize for not stopping and talking. But um, very nice when people say that, and you were texting about that, which is very nice of, of all those people um, out mm-hmm. there. You were out there with all the celebs, Wes Moore out of Pickles – you, I mean, it was. I, I, don't know I, how, I almost, I, I almost popped by there, but I did not. I did not see Westmore. I don't know when he was there. Like we were in that area. I did not see him. I didn't see cameras. I didn't see security. I didn't see any. I didn't even hear anyone be like, "Oh yeah, the governor's in there." Like, no clue. I, I don't yeah. know how I missed that. Maybe it was the thirteen he hours. Looked, there. I, I felt I bad it. for him. He looked so upset when he he threw in the dirt. He looked just devastated. I didn't like, even see the pitch. He, he threw it in the dirt. He threw it. Yeah, he threw he grounded it. He was and he just like fell. He like went full, like uh bent at the waist, like hands over his head. He definitely practiced and and just flubbed it. It was tough. I felt bad for the man. He first, goes from the mountain first pitch is governor. In front of the mountain. Right? In front of the mountain. He, was, he, he was with his kids, though. The kids were also throwing. The kids threw better pitches. Um but good know. for him for being out there. He's been very, very he, he went down to Florida with them. Good job by him. He's he got very yeah, visual. He, he, he went to Atlanta with guy. um he went to Atlanta with John Angelos and they 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 checked out the whole atmosphere and the the thing around the Braves ballpark because that's what they want Camden Yards to be like. So yep. they went down yep, to we've talked to him. Yeah. Yeah, but, but then again, you'll still have idiots who are like, oh, they're moving to Nashville, sign the lease. Fucking morons are gonna stay. I yeah, they're not going. We're, we're not. We're not. We're, this is tonight. Is about the dong bong. We're not. We're not getting into that talk. But no, great way to finish dong bong. An Orioles five one win, and the dong bong has been unleashed. I'm sure that will be not be the last time um, we talk about that. Um, another episode coming this week as well. We're going to do more of the normal show with the segments. I believe we're recording that Wednesday night if all things remain true. But wanted to make sure we got a little opening day and Odell reaction in for you. 
Um, as RDT said, you know, obviously appreciate all the listeners that come up to us and say thank you. It means a lot. Um, and, and all of you at home as we continue to produce stuff, um, some fun stuff to come as we roll towards the draft um, as well. So um, just be uh, be on the lookout for all the pods that continue to uh, to roll through your feed. RDT is the voice of the Orioles. We appreciate um, all the time you take you take for everybody. Thirteen hours. You texted. I think I texted you like around seven thirty. I was like, someone asked me if you're still out, and you're like, thirteen hour shift at Pickles. Like a guy that had been to war. It was so tremendous. I, we ended up shutting the place down. It was, you know, it was a couple. Of <laughs> You know, we, we ended up, they said, do you have a tab on this side? We said no. And they were like, all right, you got to move back over here then. So it was, uh, it was, a, it was a fun time. It was, a, I, lo- I love pickles. I was, I was in heaven. Yeah, I can't wait to, I can't wait to get over there. I, I was going to try to, and then we ended up with McGurk's and then it was, I was like, ah, I want to go see the introductions. I want to make sure I clap for Booney. So I got to get in the stadium. Um, <laughs> you can follow us on social media at exit 52 podcasts on, on all the different platforms. You follow RDT at E. D-I-T-T-I-22. You can follow myself at Terrace by 10. You can follow Spenny at Ravens for Dummies. Um, shout out to Jake. Shout out to Banks. Um, Banks gave out the right master's pick. Said Rom. Rom got it done. We'll talk, we'll talk more about that in a couple of days. Thank you, Banks. Thank you, Banks. Got it done there. Um, thanks to all of our sponsors, Jimmy Seafood, uh, Thread Little Midnight's got the merch. We got to get back with them, get some more merch up there in the uh, we gotta we gotta uh, reconvene with our friends there and also fed thrill um, appreciate their time. There'll be a fed thrill starting five draft coming in a couple of days relevant to the Odell Beckham signing. We will see you next time on the exit 52 podcast presented by Jimmy seafood.